Our Gospel reading from the 28th chapter of Matthew. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. This is one of those days that I almost want to ask, who drove the farthest to get here today? A couple of hands itching their chins. Nobody wants to admit it. Who, uh, how high was the highest drift you went by on the way to here today? Pretty high. That doesn't cut. So, so how high? We got some this high. Somebody who was claiming to be the farthest only came through a drift this high. Come on. Who's, who, who came past high drifts? Higher? Higher? Show, show us how high. You went by drifts that high. That can happen. Those drifts can really be problematic and they can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to I start off this morning with, with just a little, a little fun for you here. Who can finish this off? O little town of Bethlehem. Come on with me. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless snowdrifts, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. You guys are really good. Saturday night, nobody could figure it out. The silent stars go by. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about our series, Jesus, Our Brighter Lights. In the Christmas story, we have the, we have the star that's shining the light on Jesus. And yet Jesus is our brighter light. And that same Christmas carol, together, we hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell, Oh, come to us, abide with us. You guys are just amazing. Amazing. That Christmas carol ends reminding us of that good news. Emmanuel. God is with us. And this morning, we simply want to think with, together with you about that fact of our faith that God comes to us. God comes to us. And we think about that gift of God coming to us. Of course, we think about that at Christmas when we celebrate the, the birth of Jesus. And also, we celebrate that gift that God comes to us as we follow Jesus throughout the Gospels, throughout his life. If you watch Jesus in the Gospels, one of the, one, it's always interesting to, to read the Gospels with, with questions in mind. And one of the questions that's interesting to read is, how does Jesus demonstrate that God is with us? Because over and over again, you can read and see all of Jesus' ministry as an embodiment of that reality that God is with us. So God is with us as Jesus feeds the thousands of people. God is with us as Jesus heals the people. God is with us as Jesus reaches out and blesses the little children. All through his life, you can see Jesus embodying that God 
comes to us, that God is with us. Even on his cross, when Jesus is in that paradoxical situation where he's, where he's dying on the cross, and he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus himself feels like God is not with him. And then that thief says to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And so there's that paradoxical connection where Jesus is embodying God with us. Even in his promise to the thief on the cross. After Jesus' crucifixion, after his resurrection, he, told the, he had told the disciples beforehand that, that he would be, see them in Galilee. And so they, they went, and when they saw Jesus after the resurrection, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So if you're here worshipping and you have some doubt, know that that's okay. We're not going to chase you out because you have some doubt. But worship and doubt go hand in hand all the way back to the beginning, the early disciples. And then Jesus comes and, and he says to them these well-known words about how all authority has been given to him and the Great Commission, go and make disciples, baptizing and teaching. And then that promise, and remember, I am with you always. Remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So from the beginning of the gospel to the end of the gospel, Jesus is embodying that God comes to us. God comes to us. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Romans, in those words that Rebecca read, asks that question, who will separate us? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? And he asks that question because there are things that happen in life that can make us feel like we're separated from God. You can probably look back on your own life and, and see times when, when it felt like you were separated from God. Or maybe you're in one of, those, one of those times right now. But Paul lists a whole host of things that could separate us, could make us feel like God's not there for us. Hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Are these things that separate us from God? Are these things that isolate us? Not too long ago, I heard... Uh, on the, on the radio, a story about Cohen. Cohen is a little boy who, uh, who is in Cincinnati now because he, uh, he has this really rare disease. In fact, the disease that Cohen has is so rare that they don't even have a name for it. He's the only one that they know of with this disease. So the doctors are mystified trying to figure out how to treat what's ailing him. And so one of the things that they're doing is they're doing a bone marrow transplant on Cohen. And when somebody goes through a, a procedure like that, it's, it's quite an ordeal, and their immune system gets very, very weak. And so they have to be kept in isolation. So little Cohen is in the bone marrow transplant unit at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, and there's like 80 beds in this big hospital. And there Cohen is, Stuck, separated from the others in his own room, isolated. And his disease makes it so that he can't even eat, so he has to have a feeding tube. He has to get all of his nutrition through a tube. 
And one of the only joys in little Cohen's life is, is playing with Legos, but he can't even play with Legos with, with other people because he's in isolation. And yet, well, take a listen. It's not often that the housekeeper is the hero of a story at a hospital. But in the bone marrow transplant unit at Cincinnati Children's, one housekeeper ranks up there as the highest of a little boy's caregivers. The kids call him KJ. On my floor, I pulled linen from all 82 rooms. I kept running into him a couple days, and I noticed that he had a lot of Legos in his room, and he likes to build them. He kept showing me all his cool things that he had did. I eventually ended up grabbing his laundry and going right next door, and there was another kid about the same age as him doing Legos, and I told them both that they should eventually show each other their Legos at the door. The boys, Cohen Bramley and Keegan Atkins, couldn't just go to the playroom together or hang out in each other's rooms because of isolation restrictions in the cancer unit. The only way, possible way this can happen is them opening up their blinds and kind of looking at each other through the blinds. With KJ's help, the boys forged a friendship. It was kind of like a daily report on what the other child was building, and so he kind of enjoyed getting to hear about what someone else had in common with him while he was here, and just getting to talk to KJ, because you know our world is pretty small right now. We were in that room, and Cohen was in isolation. He couldn't leave. It was just a bright spot in the day when he would come in and just sit there and chat with Cohen for a second. KJ didn't even know it, but he was bringing the outside world in a little bit for his seven-year-old. By the time Keegan got to go home from the hospital, Cohen's counts were up, and he was able to wear a mask and walk across the hall to Keegan's store and give him a Lego set as a farewell gift. It was a little reminder of the fun that they had between each other. The boys' moms are looking forward to planning a play date for when both boys are out of the hospital and well enough to get together. Everyone is an important role player in these children's lives. It's not just doctors and nurses that come in and therapists. Everybody who enters that room is part of our journey in our world. And so when you see someone who didn't have to take the time to actually engage and make you feel a little bit brighter about your day, and they do, it just means a lot. In a children's hospital, smiles are as important in the healing process as any kind of medicine. And sometimes it's the housekeeper who deserves the credit for making kids feel better. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Paul answers that question. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There are all kinds of things in life, all kinds of hard times in life that threaten to isolate us, to separate us from one another and from God's love. And yet in Jesus, in the incarnation, God comes to us. And God does that That miracle of incarnation in Jesus Christ for sure. And God does that miracle of incarnation over and over again in people like KJ, who's just a housekeeper. All he does is change the linens. <laughs> Yet is that all that he does? No, my friends, in Jesus there is 
There is no separation. There is no isolation. I don't know what you're going through in the midst of your life right now. You may feel all alone. You may feel so disconnected. And I hope and I pray that you will experience somehow today and the days to come that God comes to you. And maybe you'll notice God coming to you enfleshed in a neighbor who comes to clear out your snow. Maybe you'll experience God coming to you in a little child who smiles and shares their Legos with you. Maybe you'll experience God coming to you in your coworker. I'd invite you to look at your hands. Just look at your hands. Think about what they've been doing the last few days. Think about what they're going to be doing the next few days. And think about the way that God puts on skin in Jesus. And God puts on skin in your hands as well. Because God comes to us, even in your very hands. In a few moments, you'll have the opportunity to, to reach out those hands. To reach out those hands and to receive the gift of God coming to us in bread and wine. The body of Christ given for you. In the few moments after that, you'll have the opportunity to leave this place with those hands, those very hands that God will use to be the body of Christ out in the world, in our families, in our community. Thanks be to God for the gift that God comes to us in Jesus, Emmanuel. Thanks be to God for the gift that God comes to us in each and every one of you. Amen.